This is KOOP HD1 HD3 Hornsby. The following was home crafted and recorded on September 15th. Welcome to the Austin Chronicle Show. My name is Kim Jones, and I am the editor of the Austin Chronicle, Austin's independent source of news and culture reporting since 1981. This week, we're going to be leaning into the culture part of our show with a look at what the fall art season has in store and also a preview of Heartless Bastard's new album, A Beautiful Life. But before we get into all that, I want to remind our listeners that the co-op fall membership drive starts today. If you care about independent community-based broadcasting, please call now, 512-472-5667. That's 512-472-KOOP. Co-op DJs and other volunteers are standing by right now to take your call. Don't like talking on the phone? Me either. You can always go to the website at koop.org and click the donate button. Co-op on, y'all. Now I'd like to introduce our first guest of the program, Arts Listings Editor, Wayne Allen Brenner. Brenner, hello. Hello, Kimberly. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. So in your role at the Chronicle of Arts Listings Editor, I dare say you have your finger on the pulse of all things art events in town, correct? Yes, I do. That is correct. And it's an odd pulse in these times, which, of course, the times themselves are odd, but there are a lot of things happening once again here as the fall comes to get us. There Uh, are. And actually, before we get into all of the many, many things that there are, I want to first, you know, we got to talk about your cover story this week, which is about a very cool artist in town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Austin's own Megan Shogan. I always want to say Shogun like it's that James Clavell novel, but no, it's, it's Shogun. She is a woman who has spent her career thus far and probably forever in stone cutting, stone carving, taking the raw materials of the earth, chopping them, chiseling them, using like angle grinders on them to build edifices, to build artworks, whether monumental things or tiny, delicate creations that you'd see in galleries around town. So I sat down with her and talked about what she's been doing, how she got involved in that sort of thing, what she's been doing in Austin, and what it's like to do that for a living. It's a hell of a fine article, I think. I agree. And the photos also are just exquisite of the work that she does. Now, I know Megan has appeared in the past East, the annual arts event which is happening later in the season. But before we get to East, we have a lot of stuff on the docket, starting with this weekend. Oh, yeah. This weekend, we've got Austin Museum Day. I mean, Austin Museum Day has so many, uh, more than 20 of local museums, including the Wildflower Center, but even more in town that are open on Sunday. You can see all sorts of exhibits and special programmings for that day. The contemporary Austin's current Daniel Johnston exhibit is open. Women and Their Work also has their current thing, which is the first in their new place there on East Cesar Chavez. It's a magnificent new space, and the show is fantastic. And you can see that as part of Austin Museum Day. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There is, and I should point out in our paper this week, we have a whole supplement that lists all 20 places 
I think it's around 20, right? Mm-hmm. 20 museums around town and what kind of special things that they are doing. And I don't know about you, but it's been a long time since I've set foot in a museum or a gallery. I know that all of these places are taking certain precautions and you can read about that too online. If you're thinking about dipping your toe into getting out into the world again, this might be a really good opportunity to do that. So that's Museum Day happening this weekend. Last year, it was a virtual thing. And this year, there's going to be in-person activities. What else do we have to get excited about? Well, this weekend, we have other visual arts things going on, of course. Although it is part of Austin Museum Day, there is the opening of Mexicarte Museum's New Resistance, Reaffirmation, and Resilience exhibits. Oh, Ivester Contemporary has a show of new works by Denise Prince, which just amazing stuff. Contemporary, you might say cutting edge, all those terms, but what the woman does with photography is amazing. We're sort of covering the visual arts beat here. Let's swivel to some other beats, including, I feel like there's a really bad pun with the beats that brings us to Austin Symphony, one of our city's biggest legacy arts organizations. Austin Symphony is launching an in-person 2021-22 season starting, I think, this weekend, correct? Yeah, that is correct. They have uh, Espiritu Latino which is uh, the live performances return with the Austin Symphony Orchestra. And they're celebrating the Latin spirit with guest artist Francisco Fulana. Just to have them back live with the audience in person as music was meant to be enjoyed. We have that around town with, of course, rock and roll and rap. But (laughs) the classical scene gets its comeback, too. It's about time. Well, in that particular show, which happens on Friday and Saturday, it's closing with Ravel's Bolero, which, I mean, it's a classic. So, But there are other highlights of the season. Obvious, big classical music, ode to joy type excitement. But there's also the Austin Symphony makes a point of doing, of having a pop series. So they're doing a Back to the Future night. They're doing the Paul Simon Playbook night. And they're doing a West Side Story night, which is very exciting for those of us who are anticipating slash maybe dreading the new West Side Story film adaptation that I really hope they don't get wrong. (laughs) Let me guess. Is that the one that's starring Jim Carrey and Tom Hanks? No, I hope not. Now that would be something to see. (laughs) Speaking of other major arts organizations in town, Ballet Austin is going to be kicking off their season shortly, I think at the end of the month. So can you tell me a little bit about what they have planned? Yes, I can tell you a little bit about what they have planned, because the director of Ballet Austin, Stephen Mills, having to deal with this whole pandemic like the rest of us is like, hey, why don't we do some happy dances? Why don't we bring back a little joy? And that's exactly what this first show of the season is called, Joy, Three Happy Dances by Stephen Mills. It's got three world premiere contemporary dance works with music by Bach, Stephen Reich, Chopin, and uh, oh, live musical accompaniment by Dr. Michelle Schumann of Austin Chamber Music Center and Austin Classic Guitar with Special guest Jeremy Waldrop, this is going to be some kind of show, some kind of show to bring back, as the title says, a little joy into your arts-loving life. 
I have to say, I got the press release for this and they had promo images attached. And there was one, the file was literally called Pink Confetti. And the image was these dancers just festooned in pink confetti. And not going to lie, it brought me joy and it made me happy. So I'm excited about this. It's hard to not be joyful when there's some festooning going on. (laughs) Well, I want to sort of close out our little mini preview with the Texas Book Festival because they made an announcement this week. They had previously said, okay, guys, we're back. We're in person, but we're also virtual. We're doing a hybrid festival. And then this week they announced, well, yes, but we're really sort of shifting back to mostly virtual. They announced that they're no longer going to be having any programming at the Texas State Capitol, which is the traditional home base. Yeah. So is this to you as I'm asking you to put your soothsaying hat on? Do you think this is something we're going to be seeing throughout the festival season of just plans changing, tweaks, pivoting, as they say? I'd say there's nothing else that we can expect. Like the saying goes, expect the unexpected. Now is the time where as they say in the closed captions, expecting the unexpected intensifies. Because if you don't do that, you're going to be caught unawares. A lot of people in a lot of positions of organizing or presenting things right now, they're kind of in the same boat as the rest of us. Do we show things? Do we not? Do we have live people? You know, it's kind of the pandemic's ball game, And it's up to what those pathogens are going to do and our response to them that keeps us safe in the face of all this. That was very eloquently put, Brenner, and all the adjusting that we have to do right now. It's also inspired a lot of creativity from these organizations. And I'm sure that to put another cliche out there, the show must go on. It will go on. We just don't always know what it's going to look like until we show up or we turn the computer on. But I know you were the guy who's going to keep our listeners and our readers abreast of all the updates. So thank you for doing that, Brenner. A pleasure, as always. So just a reminder, the Co-op Fall membership drive is in full swing starting today. If you care about independent community-based broadcasting, please call now at 512-472-5667. That's 512-472-KOOP. Co-op DJs and other volunteers are standing by. You can also pledge today and every day online at koop.org. Just click the donate button. I think community is really the key word here. Co-op radio is a community. I know that during the pandemic, there were times when I tuned into co-op to hear familiar voices and to just feel connected to other people, to my community. And even though the Austin Chronicle show was on hiatus for about a year and a half, we have still felt like we were part of the co-op community. And throughout the pandemic, our dear friend Bob Daly has had Chronicle staffers on his co-op show, Civil Rights and Wrongs, and kept that connection going. I think the Chronicle and Co-op's mission statements to serve the community really align, and that's why I'm so excited to be back on the air. And if you're excited to hear us back on the air too, let Co-op know with your pledge right now. Need a little more incentive? How about a gift? For a $15 a month recurring pledge or a $100 one-time pledge, you get a Co-op t-shirt. And I know I love mine, and I wear mine all around town all of the time. For $25 a month or $175 one-time pledge, you get the t-shirt and you get a flash drive. 
And for $50 a month recurring pledge or $325 one-time pledge, you get a flash drive, you get a t-shirt, and you get a Yeti 20-ounce tumbler. Everybody loves a Yeti 20-ounce tumbler. I don't disagree with that, Brenner. So pretty good goodies, y'all. You know what? I think it's time to take a quick break, which is also a pretty good time to call co-op now. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Austin Chronicle Show on Co-op Community Radio. We've been listening to Revolution off Heartless Bastard's new album, A Beautiful Life, which came out last week. And here to talk with me about the album is Austin Chronicle music contributor, Doug Freeman. Hi, Doug. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. It's good to see you. It's good to be seen anywhere these days. <laughs> so, Doug, when I asked you to pick out a couple songs uh, that you might want to highlight for this, you said, no hesitation, no brainer. We got to listen to Revolution. So why is that the statement song for you? Well, for one thing, it was the Austin Music Awards Song of the Year last year, um, a well-deserved honor. And it starts off the album and, in my mind, really sets the entire thesis of the album up. So there's a lot of things that I love about this album and why I think it's such a breakthrough, not just for Erica Winterstrom, but for Heartless Bastards as well, in a lot of really interesting new ways. And Revolution kind of encapsulates all of that. So it's a fantastic song, and certainly with its role as winning Song of the Year last year, with everything that was kind of going on, socially, politically, economically, and certainly pandemically, there's a sense of that turmoil and trying to recenter and re-motivate ourselves. The reason I love this album so much really comes down to kind of putting it in the context of Erica Winterstrom's entire career over the past 20 years. And I think that that's an important context to understand why this album is such a breakthrough. Before we get into that, let's just sort of define what is Heartless Bastards versus Erica Winterstrom. I mean, it's interchangeable, right? Is she the <laughs> only constant or? From the band's beginning 20 years ago, she is the only constant in it. She had one solo album, which preceded this album, that still very much sounded like Heartless Bastards, because Heartless Bastards sound like Erica Winterstrom. I think what you get with the full band, and you really see that on this album, more power, certainly, that's always been true. You know, I wouldn't be able to categorize it any other way other than there's so much more adventurous musically. So it's this album, very much Heartless Bastards, I think traditionally you can consider them, you know, they are a rock band. They have touches of psych that go in there, certainly blues based, you know, and all those elements have been playing throughout all of their albums, just amped up to different degrees. But she's always been the centerpiece of that. And her vocals and her lyrics have always kind of led what the band is and uh, what the songs are about. So, yeah, to a certain degree, Erica Winterstrom and Heartless Bastards are the same thing. But I think with this album, we see her expanding, not just with the band, but in bringing in other people. Andrew Bird plays on one song, you know, which is really interesting. You know, she's trying a lot of different musical directions. So Revolution kind of fits in a little bit with where Heartless Bastards is coming from. You know, that kind of psychedelic rock sound that she builds up to in the crescendo there. You know, very kind of Jefferson Airplane, White Rabbit-ish. Mm -hmm. 
But then on this album, you have other moments. One of my favorites, You Never Know, which <laughs> amazingly sounds, it's, it's French pop. And you just don't expect that at all coming from Erica Winterstrom. And her voice, which has never really done this before, sounds immaculate on it. Like, I love the sound of it. So that's a great example. She gets a lot more settled down and folky in some places and kind of just lets that run. And there are other places where you hear her experimenting with beats. And, you know, maybe some of that is due to the co-production that she has with Kevin Ratterman. But yeah, I mean, I think you never know as a statement of just how diverse and how adventurous she is being here. And I should note too, this song also has David Polkingham on guitar, who's really kind of lacing that sound in there, is a great example. Well, Doug, that's a perfect segue for us. So why don't we go ahead and listen to a little bit of that. This is You Never Know by Heartless Bastards off the new album, A Beautiful Life. And we're back. That was You Never Know. I'm so glad that you flagged that as one of the songs you wanted to listen to. I'm Heartless Bastards fan from a long time ago. And her first couple albums were just like soundtrack of 20s angstiness for me. And I mm-hmm. love that this new album, you know, we've talked some about the political, but the personal is there too. And there's such an evolution here of like, you feel the hard-earned wisdom, you feel the self-acceptance and like not in a corny way, but if just like somebody who has legitimately been through stuff, come out the other end and has like perspective has shifted a little bit. And I just think that's really beautiful. And that's throughout the album. Honestly, I think that's throughout her entire catalog. It's so much fun to go back and listen to her albums and just experience the journey that she's on. And I'll just say, you know, for me personally, Erica, I believe is in her early forties now. She's around the same age I am. So it's really fun to track along because it's like, I feel very much where she's coming from on each of those albums at different points in her life. And I think when you listen to them together like that, you really just kind of see this journey that she's been on. And the past two albums, her solo album, and then this one, I think she's kind of getting somewhere. (laughs) She's figuring some stuff out. And yeah, it is a hard wisdom that she's kind of come across. I think if you look at her solo album, especially Sweet Unknown, which came out in 2018, and even talking to her about that album, her big insight, her big inspiration for that album was really just this recognition of self-love, of gratitude, of self-care more than anything else. And realizing that like, I need to get myself together. Not like in a bad way of just like, oh, I need to take care of myself. Before I can figure out the other stuff in life, I really just need to take care of myself in whatever way that looks like. And For her, that's a very personal journey that I think you see starting, you know, even in her earliest albums, but especially after she moves to Austin and kind of remakes the Heartless Bastards as her own band with the mountain. There's a sense of independence that strikes with the mountain. And then I think with Arrow and Restless Ones, her subsequent two albums with the Heartless Bastards, there's really this sense of searching that goes into it. And you can feel it. It's in the songs. It's in the music. You know, she's looking for something. 
I remember talking to her after Restless Ones came out in 2015. And musically, she was in a fantastic place. I feel like personally, she was really kind of lost and looking for something. She was trying to find something. She, didn't, she wasn't quite sure what it was. And she'd be the first to tell you that. I mean, you know, she went to the Amazon to do ayahuasca retreats. You know, she was really trying to figure some stuff out. And then she comes out in 2018 with Restless Ones. And it's like, oh, I think she figured it out. At least she figured it out for her. And she's trying to implore that to other people too. take care of yourself. Be good to yourself was, you know, one of the songs on that album. I mean, I really think that that's the mantra that she's going with. So now we have this album, which comes out. And what is remarkable about it is suddenly she's taking all that energy, all that kind of like revelation that she had of self-love and self-care. And here she's throwing it back out into the world. You know, you hear it with revolution. It is honestly this personal become political. You know, this idea of radical self-love as a political statement. You know, a little bit of, you know, you got to fix your mind before you can fix the world kind of thing. But even before, like her earliest albums, she's wrapped up in herself. You know, it's about her. It's about her search, her journey, her looking for a sense of connection with things. Even with her solo album, it, you know, it, it was still very much about her, although, you know, she very much intended it to be a kind of mantra for others as well. But it was about her journey. And now here, I feel like she is speaking out into the world in a way that she hasn't before. So mm -hmm. Revolution being the best example of that. But you hear it in other songs as well. So, Doug, you're the co-editor of the Austin Chronicle Music Anthology which means you spent a lot of time thinking about the big picture of Austin music. And I'm wondering, where does Heartless Bastards fit in? Oh, wow. Interesting question. I feel they have to be one of the biggest bands right now. Austin, <laughs> we, we have such a bad history of not recognizing our amazing bands when they're in our midst and how big they are and how popular they are outside of Austin. I think we're very insular in that way. Why do you I, think that is? I think, <laughs> honestly, I think we love them so early that we don't realize when they break through. So, you know, it's like you have a band like Spoon or even, <laughs> I remember years ago, going to the Sasquatch Festival up in Washington State and Gary Clark Jr. was playing. And I think this was maybe around when he released his debut album. And I was like, oh, cool. Gary Clark Jr. is playing this. Good for him. And he goes down on stage and the crowd goes nuts. Like they were cheering him like it was unbelievable. And I realized, oh, wow, he's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> which sounds crazy now. Uh, you know, of course, we recognize it now. But even at that moment, which had to be maybe 2010 at the latest, was just kind of surprising to me. So I think Heartless Bastards is certainly one of those bands. There are a couple now that we could hold up there. I mean, Black Pumas obviously, you know, shot to stardom immediately and everybody kind of immediately recognized it. But you take somebody like Shaky Graves, much loved in town, also hugely popular, you know, in the US and around the world, you know, to a certain degree, we take them a little bit for granted when they're in town. So, but that doesn't mean that we don't love them. So I think Heartless Bastards very much fits into that mold. And I'm really, really excited to see where this album takes them nationally. 
if it can garner the attention, then I think it should and will. Well, Doug, I really enjoyed talking to you today, and I really enjoyed the, the write-up that you did in this week's issue of the Austin Chronicle on Stands Now. So, Doug, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. And thank you also to our listeners. If you like what we do here, if you like what the all-volunteer crew at Co-op Radio is doing, then please consider donating to the Fall Membership Drive right now. If you want to do a one-time gift or even better, become a sustaining member, you can give us a call at 512-472-5667. That's 512-472-KOOP. Or you can do it all online at koop.org. Just look for the donate button. And that's a wrap for another episode of the Austin Chronicle Show. Our guests today were Wayne Allen Brenner and Doug Freeman. Our engineers were Bob Daly and Andrew Solon, and our theme music was written by Kevin Curtin and Jonas Wilson. Singing us out is one more track from A Beautiful Life. This is How Low. We'll see you next week.